0: The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air.
1: Good morning on Fresh FM, uh, the deadline report with Ben Fidgin. This is the uh, election special. So I think last half far we got as far as C4 Uh, The cascade effect, this is basically where you're trying to uh, capture the fringe vote so that you can utilise it to create a 15 to 25% surge, otherwise demographically moving towards that particular uh, voting party of choice, and then that creates a sort of a salami where everyone jumps on board and follows through, and that's really, really useful when you're actually in a tight election and you're targeting those swing voters in the last two weeks so um from c my 80s of new zealand politics and i'm actually doing this off the head today because i've just actually literally finished delivering the 80s uh, election special with jason smith from skull Dubbery. good driver put up all my little silly w- w- naughty short wookie man syndrome um and uh we delivered all around three and a half thousand magazines sorry correction eight and a half thousand magazines around three and a half thousand kilometers so that gives us about sixty thousand readers which we've got all out before the election and we're getting about a to z of basically politics looking at these images that, uh, terms that get chucked around which people don't really really know so you know the, what we're also looking at with things as we've gone from i uh, talked about the c and then we have d is democracy. Democracy is dead. Send flowers to Julian Assange, care of the, the prison of, that he's actually put in for doing his job as a journalist in the UK, of which neither any of our corporate media, of either the Labour or National, or Republican or Democrats, have ever actually basically say boo about. Pretty much one of those kind of like things that kind of will indicate to you how actually wrought the uh, democratic production or uh, democratic system has become. Now, remember, that the concept of the deep state didn't actually belong to um, a big raccoon red one, otherwise Donald Trump. It was actually it belonged to Julian Assange when he released the WikiLeaks documents. Um, this was something that very, very, very serious organisations, uh, Financial Times, and uh, Correction, Financial Times in London, Wall Street Journalists, Washington Post, they were all discussing for a very brief moment. Until up Donald Trump and actually ruin the whole concept of the deep well, the, the people taking the deep state as a serious concept. And we've all gone back to thinking that somehow that the red blue pill is actually any different when we all know that they're largely driven by the corporate entities. In fact, I go all the way to Eden to the New Zealand Initiative where I talk about the organisation which is chaired by Stephen Jennings, the man that executed the Roganomics under the 1980s, who took that model to the Eastern Europe and the USSR in the 1990s and helped a little guy called Vladimir Putin become a very big knob in Russia indeed. Outcome of that today is that 71% of the arable land in the Ukraine is now owned by offshore companies. Uh, actually, oddly enough, the largest is actually not the U.S. as you might think. Uh, BlackRock, although they do own the other nine other companies running in a row, it's actually got old uh, a hedge fund that's actually owned by the Chinese government. Think about that, if you will. Um, and uh, so we talk about fascism. We talk about greenwashing. This is a concept of actually trying to make out something as of an environment of environmentalism. Uh, and and has environmental goals uh, such as the 17 points of sustainability when in actual fact it's just a big corporate turd burger Um, again, the 17 points of sustainability the right and the mischievousness refer to it as a communist conspiracy you know, real nutty language stuff that makes people completely turn off the left turn around and make it sound like it's the second coming of Jesus when the actual reality is the 17 points of sustainability are largely driven by corporations such as Nestle's corporations and pick your other uh, scumbaggery corporation or the sort of corporation that you can guarantee is in the top 10 of worst environmental villains on the planet i.e. greenwashing and you can pretty much bet that they are on some senior committee of the 17 points of sustainability. Um, again, this is all into the concept of image laundering, which is the same situation. It's taking any identity politics and using it as a human shield to either uh, distract from the fact that you don't have a vision because of this particular election being been ab- ab- abysmal, that with all the um, general outline. My beginning is blah, blame, blah, blame, blah, blame. I haven't seen the single party actually produce a vision of what they will do to change it. It's all very well to say it's time for a change Um, and let's do it, which are actually, I think, both of them phases from Citizens Canes or either, um, yes, I think it's Citizens Citizens Canes to Orson's Wells uh which again talks about the how that back in the 1930s the how what a joke that the political system was and how it was just basically um the, the corporates playing pr sticks, tricks on the public to think that they had some say and they very had very very, very little say <coughs> but <coughs> pardon me i was on a blizzard yesterday i have got to get those papers through so we went through uh floods rain storms and earthquakes and yesterday was a full on scale blizzard very very exciting um, especially when you've only got one night in the car, but that's another story altogether. Um, very kind of used to the policeman who turned around and understood the fact that our car was busily melting down on us. BMWs, great cars, till they all go wrong, I tell you. E, F, G, H, uh, I, J, K. You've um, got to be kidding. Um, so we've turned around from the A to 10 and we've covered all these different kind of like bullet points, which are highlighting all the way through. And, I, and we just wanted to kind of... We didn't want to toss in any particular political party. We've left those things away. Uh, I will give a big shout-out to um, Sue Gray and her amazing public relations experience. Um, of course, Shiru Party is one of these sort of groups that lean to the right, uh, very much affiliated with uh, Brian Tamaki. Um, so that's a really good look. If you want to be, if you want to be associated with homophobia... Vote the Outdoors Party. Vote Sue Gray. Vote for intolerance and bigotry. Um, of course, you could always refer to her other great buddy, Cale Chapman, who she's, she's defending because he's got uh, gone up in firearms charges, uh, Norinco um, semi-assault rifles. You should really look at my book about what this have to say about David Ch- Tipple, Gun City, and Norinco's. Uh, all of this, by the way, said well before the Christchurch uh, um, shootings. Um... Of course, Carl Chapman, who was linked to the president of the right-wing uh, uh, right resistance, which can again we linked to the Koi shooting, um, something that, of course, that the counterspin people, and my good mate Vinnie, uh, keep failing to forget when, of course, they also forget that I don't actually do any work with any anymore because I got very, very suspect of the money that was going into his pockets when I was working with him during the question shooting. Um, but we do know that Carl Chapman funded the right-wing uh, resistance, which prior to that, he funded the National Foundation, and prior to that, he uh, actually... Um, basically, spent a bit. Of, you know, ran into trouble with authorities for firebombing the church. Um, so again, for all that's kind of funny, isn't it? Sue Gray Brian Tamaki, uh the, the greatest bishop, bishop count Saint God, Tamaki uh, on one side, and on Sue Gray, and then of course you've got Carl Chapman, the Nazi fire bomber, on the other side. Well done, Sue Gray. That's it's you've you've managed to single-handedly not not to mention with your. Uh, The the connection of outdoor Party to the International Tribunal of Natural Justice, um, which is made up of the biggest bunch of flimflammers and people involved in making money off Bitcoin and mining, while you talk about uh, protecting the biosphere and all this—it's just anyway, Sue crazy, really. And they know worse than the other politicians. And we did generally leave all the political parties actually out. um, And I said, you know, so know worse than the other politicians. How do you tell the politicians lying? Their lips are moving. Uh, And this is the thing, we have lost faith in this particular process. We've lost faith in all of these, these particular political parties. Largely because of the fact that the system's broken and I've talked to you about the fact that the due process for the nineteen eighty-six Constitution Act was never followed and I've also spoken to you about the 2004 Supreme Court Act which was never uh, followed with due process and of course we never actually got rid of the Privy Council because of the fact that we didn't get rid of it by due process. It was simply mothballed. That's how Helen got around that one and if you go and look at who's on the Council of the Privy Council you'll find good old Winston Peters. Winston Peters the guy that was responsible for the wine box uh, inquiry, which actually turns out is actually this, the rivals leaking information on the other side, uh, to actually sink them. And I know this because, of course, I've done all the point research on Jeffrey Wilding, who I literally done all the point research for the stories that are now appearing in the Wall Street journals, uh, the Financial Times in London, in which every single marketing uh, key newspaper out there, business newspaper, um, you'll actually find that. All of that stuff about the auditing about the, of jeffrey wilding victoria plc um, comes from my research directly because i was commissioned to actually do it and that comes from my book in 19 state secrets 1999 which predates the paradise papers and the panama papers um, by quite some time and pretty much all um, all came out of my work in from the wine box which leads to my book state secrets which has largely been vindicated and demonstrated the corruption within our political system is extremely enormous um, the stories which I've done research for, which are now appearing uh, literally the, the, the research I've done is now appearing in the uh, Wall Street Journal um, and the Financial Times in London and again all these other key newspapers. Um, this is research that's, said that's appearing in major newspapers and headlines about a prominent Kiwi uh, tied into these big banks which none of our New Zealand papers are mentioning. And again, I of go into this whole thing about the image laundering. We go on about the issue of transhumanism. We go backwards and forwards, having this big toxic fun fight. No one says, "Wait a minute, can we Bank, how much money do you actually have in credit, susie That lost all that credit. Sorry, that lost all that money." No, no, we won't have a serious conversation about corporate corruption. What will you, you will do? Is the left and the right will bang on at each other, point the finger at each other, while failing to point out that if you follow their financial handle up the barbecue fork of each prong up the handle, you're going to come back to the same financial sources ultimately. Um, so again, you know, we look at things like the Black Rock. No one's talking about things like uh, Zealandia, which I'm actually going skipping way out of the A to Z because I said I'm kind of doing this off the cuff. Um, in fact, let's take a little, little break and I'm going to again play you last week's um, well, our p- political special song, Poly Poly Politician. Polly,
2: Polly, Polly, politician Can you make a right decision for all of us? for all of us Palais, 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 politicians politician, 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 politician. Can you make a right decision for all of us, yeah, yeah. For all a politician, can you make a right decision, for all of us, yeah, I. for all of us, you can talk the talk, but will you walk the walk, or will you bring Politician. Can you make a right decision for all of us? For all of us, poly, 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 politician. Can you make a right decision for all bring us comfort, will you bring us comfort. You can talk the talk, but will you walk the walk, will you bring us comfort, will you bring us comfort. Politician. can you make a right decision?
1: Okie dokie on the Deadline Report, Ben Vigin investigates care of the Fresh FM. So ben Vigin, the Deadline Report, Fresh FM investigates. Oh wow, well, I'm so tired, tired, but then again, travelling non-stop for two weeks, delivering thousands of papers uh, into all the cafes of New Zealand. Um, we'll do that to you. It was interesting when we driving around, you know, we did the whole circle of South Island, and I'd say the uh, ACT party vote would have, billboards would have outnumbered every single other people's parties collectively, uh, 11 to 1. I'm very going to be very interested to see how they actually do poll on the night. I just, my, my my punt is that it will do, uh, uh, actually shock a lot of people how well they do do. Winston Peters is actually performing a little under par from what I expected. <laughs> but probably looks like he's going to be there. Boy, there are some permutations that we could be dealing with on that night, which I just like a lot. (laughs) MMP, you haven't done us any favours. So we talk about that in the 80s in New Zealand Politics. Um, I described how when I was at university, well I didn't, but I'm telling you now. But when I was at university, uh, MMP was something that kind of like, we were all made to feel almost like the corporate media didn't, or the corporate world didn't like it. And I think that actually changed our influences and we went for it. And I think ever since then, we've probably already regretted that decision in terms of its ability, the financial ability to actually capture the vote on that small minority so that you can get this cascade effect going. So you effectively, you, you don't need to, as a corporation, hijack the whole political system. You just need to capture that small fraction of it that's going to decide the swing votes on the the night in question um they've become very very good at it the uh, the big overshock money has done a very very good job at funding all of these little political parties which are not there just to run around and circle each other like a mexican firing squad and shoot each other and, and stop any real fringe change from ever occurring um, they're actually there uh, basically, to take votes from other people. So, all those votes that fail to get over 5%, like, you know, Sue Gray, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to stick it to the Outdoors Party, but they really are the ning nong nangs. Um, you know, and, and I know a lot of people in the world who are anti big farmer will think Sue Gray is the greatest person in the world, but I'm, I'm really considering the handling of, of the 1080 issue with her tobacco, uh, the International Tribunal of Natural Justice, um, and some of the things where the challenges that should have been made during COVID, where Sugue in actual fact, um, put out information uh, like, for example, the children being killed vacc- uh, by vaccines, which simply wasn't correct. It's not good for alternative media when you can't get your information correct. Um, but again, that's the whole point about Cascade or these little political parties: is that they're not interested in telling you the truth. They'll tell you anything they want and their affiliates and the independent media backed by offshore companies uh, who shouldn't really, you know, have any fans at our uh, political system at all. They'll tell you anything they want to get your vote or get your co. And so when you get that vote for the 2% parties and at the end of the count, or the end of the night when it's all actually all counted up, If you didn't get pal over 5%, those votes will effectively will actually cross the floor and go to the incumbent. It's the parties that won the night and be divvied up. So that'll be another boost that those political parties will get along with offshore votes. So pretty much, well, if you believe that you're actually trying to change the status quo by voting for a minority party, you kind of wasted your vote. At least that's my opinion. Um, There are, of course, the big parties, the blue and red, which, again, I've explained previously, um, really are just tools of the New Zealand initiative. Uh, so we really have a really got a big problem. And, and again, the issue there is the breach of our 1986 Constitutional Act and the 2004 Court Supreme Act, which again, none of these outdoor parties, which either um, cite their authority from the UN or um, defend their, uh, the law on the basis of the Bill of Rights of 1991, which is a law that it came out of the 1986 Constitutional Act, and it was part of the con job, so that they told you that you had rights, but when they passed it through, those rights were never entrenched. And now we have up and counting another bit of legislation, which again, little parties who all claim to be there to protect your freedom! Freedom! Uh, Trump a loser. Trump is a loser. Um, no, he's not actually any worse than any of the other clowns that appear in the uh, politics. but. The the point about those particular parties is, is that you are really, um, yeah, it's 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 you. We have the Bill of Rights, sixteen eighty eight, which is the key. Act, this, is, an, this is, is a not entrenched legislation, but it's a legislation which has entrenched clauses and it fundamentally is a, a major tool to, that says say, no, politicians, you can't go around empowering yourself. Boris Johnson recently to, um, basically, this, was, this whole same issue was brought up in the United Kingdom in 2020. Uh, the legal precedent they actually cited was the uh, Muldoon versus um, Fitzgerald, which I've noticed, Sue Grace has been quoting that ever since it's actually appeared in my website. But then again, I do believe that there wasn't there I had a website called Beans World and didn't Sue Gray come out and turn around to Sue's World? Not an original bone in their bodies but that's okay. As long as you believe what they're telling you they get your vote. That's all that matters. So, um, yeah. So, basically unless we actually have a judicial review looking at these laws which have been passed which actually have gone against the due process we've got a real issue with our political we have a real constitutional crisis and I suspect that when Luxon gets elected, we're going to have more uh, of the things like um, co-governance issue, which the issue about co-governance, I said to you, is not co-governance itself. Co-governance, actually, I think is a wonderful idea, to be honest. The problem is, however, if you're not going to describe how it works, what its checks and balances are, this in other words the way we keep our politicians, um, what its transparency is, it's useless. And you're, what you're doing is you're just creating a system that effectively entrenches uh, an elitism. Um, so these are the things that we actually talk about. And this, again, we talk about this in things about transhumanism, where we're talking about. All these words get thrown out, but they're not actually explained. And some of these things are actually quite complicated. And because we don't actually have a very good corporate media that really can't cover any issue with any depth and wants to keep telling you that, oh, keep voting harder, change this time. <laughs> yeah, change or change to what? Um, I love that. These slogans that just come out mean absolutely nothing. And it's the biggest insult that politicians do to us. They actually show us by using slogans, those slogans, those meaningless slogans, actually how much contempt they actually have for us. Um. So, yeah, we talked all about these things, and I talked about, like, I was going to mention Zealander before. So, Zealander should be a big deal. Zealander is the biggest deal that every New Zealand in this country should be talking about, and that's that our economic exclusion zone changed in 2008 when there was a switchover. Helen Clark went to New York, and John Key came back, came over from New York, and Helen got to train a little communications expert that had been working for Tony Lear, who had been pushing rogenomics in the UK, uh, called Jacinda while she went to work for a soup kitchen. It wasn't a soup kitchen, it was the Robin Hood Foundation, one of the biggest tax scams in the planet. Um, New Zealand, so 2008, we did this big change to the Economic Exclusion Act. 2017, oh, what do you know, just what fits perfectly in the Economic Exclusion Zone is the subcontinent called Zealander, which basically means that New Zealand's now territories that are 94% underwater uh, And it's the highest concentration of basically everything that, you know, what you're listening to, your phone, your computers. These are all things that have rare metals, which New Zealand is super rich in it. And again, these possibly, maybe we should be talking about that in context with why did BlackRock turn around and put $2 billion into our renewable KiwiSaver Energy Fund? Um, Apparently, if you talk about BlackRock, you're a conspiracy theorist. Uh, That's, of course, the corporate media. And that would, of course, be the same corporate media that's actually owned by BlackRock. Who are getting a staggering amount of foreign ownership in New Zealand and it has been since 1964 the formula has actually been that uh, more foreign players are being introduced every you know virtually every five years you've got a new player pops up less public funding has been available the legislation process has been slowly brick by brick dismantling the, the protections of journalism we have radio New Zealand has seems to have uh, lost all sense of objectivity um, i don't know if you saw the, the big pile of turd that was fire and fury um now there's there's a similar documentary out there called silence which just kind of tells the outdoor um, freedom version at least you think it is because that's all it's doing it's making it's actually it's not fair because samantha is the producer of, of silence and it's actually she's she is a really good journalist and she is um I'm in my fifty threes. I'm, I'm on this journey. I'm. Re- I know where all the nooks and crannies are. I don't go go for the door without checking the corners. Sam's a lot younger, so I'll, I will forgive her on that basis because it is a good documentary. But it makes the same mistake that Fire and Fury does. It's talking to an echo chamber and it's simply reinforcing what you already believe. And I think that type of journalism. It's that that, that, that that's that type of journalism isn't doing us any good. And the fact that we don't know that anymore because our media's been so dumbed down and we're so being used to these people actually presenting the news. Instead of just presenting the news, they give little sniggery comments or they make little snide remarks, which is absolutely, you know, it's not only is it unprofessional, but it's absolutely journalistically the, the, the worst. You know, you're meant to be fair and balanced. Um this doesn't actually happen anymore. and so basically our politics, you know our media is pretty much a joke. It's not for fit for purpose. It's not fit to cover uh, political issues. There is so much wrong with this country. Um, so much of it really back to the issues of neoliberalism, Rogennomics and the New Zealand initiative and Stephen Jennings, who did what he did. Took what he did he took it to russia now he's in africa doing it again using these very very shady uh, auditing companies uh which i've you know recently exposed the outcome of jeffrey wilding overseas uh victoria plc um that's now hitting the news big time and over offshore very very proud of that don't every day that you work up here in the wall street journals and the financial times in london but it's also very frustrating when you've actually covered this for uh, nearly 24 years and it's only just starting to get into the mainstream print media offshore and we're still pretending that we are the least corrupt country in New Zealand which in fact is something that only ever happened because we used to send the forms back that Transparency International would send us and that's that's how we got a perfect uh, zero for corruption. So think about that, that on the issue of accountability, transparency when you go out and you put your vote in the ballot next or don't, as the case may be because of my good mate Trev personally believes in the the Vote No Confidence Party and a good pair of gumboots. And on that note, I'm gonna play you, where would you be without your gumboots? This is Ben Vision on the Deadline Report. Fresh, courtesy of Fresh FM uh, following the delivery of our publication of our newspaper, The Benz New Zealand, which has all this A to Z out there. It's in all your good local cafes right now. Come to my website if you can find it on Google or Bling, because it's actually largely shadow banned off the, the face of the earth. Uh, but just look up the dyslexic autistic detective. This is the guy who does all that hard muck that gets called conspiracy theories and then 10 years later appears in the most prominent newspapers on the planet. Have a good weekend. Where would you be without your gun boots?
0: Righto, kick it in the guts, Trev. Gumboots they are wonderful, gumboots they are swell Cos they keep out the water and they keep in the smell And when you're sitting round at home, you can always tell When one of the trevs has taken off his gumboots If it weren't for your gumboots, where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary Cos you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy If you didn't have your feet in your gumboots There's rugby boots and racing boots and boots for drink and rum But the only boots I'm never without are the ones that start with gum I've got short ones and long ones and some up to me belt I'm never dressed till I've got on me gum boots. If it weren't for your gum boots, where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary Cos you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy If you didn't have your feet in your gumboots The opera. My gumboots are a
2: must. They help me hit the high notes and protect me feet from a dust.
0: They keep the water willowy, so my voice won't get no rust. You won't not never see me. Without me gumboots If it weren't for your gum boots, Where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or infirmary Cause you would have a dose of the flu Or even pleurisy If you didn't have your feet in your gumboots da 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 they're Rob Muldoon and Rowling, they haven't made a hit, they're ruining the country more than just a bit, if they keep on the way they're going, we'll all be interred, so you'd better get your feet up your gumboots, if it weren't for your gumboots, where would you be, you'd be in the hospital or infirmary, cause you would have a dose of the flu or even pleurisy, if you didn't have your feet in your gumboots, if it weren't for your gumboots, where would where would you be? You'd be in the hospital or in February. But you would have a dose of the blue or even pleurisy If you didn't have your feet in your go.